This is the Next Level Running Podcast, brought to you by the expert coaches at Run Doyen, helping runners of all levels crush their goals on race day by matching you with the perfect coach or training plan. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us here on the Next Level Running Podcast. I'm your host, David Jankowski, here with a special bonus edition of this podcast. Since we're putting out a lot of Instagram live information on a variety of different running topics, we thought it would be nice to share those in a package that is re-accessible. So if you missed the live post or you just wanted to go back and listen to it again, it would give you an opportunity to do just that. So this is a repeat of an Instagram Live that our founder, Jordan Welling, had put together with TJ Garlitz, one of the coaches here at Rondoyan. And the topic they're covering is hill training. But with that, I'll get out of the way and let you listen to their conversation from Instagram Live on hill training. Um, hey, TJ, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, how are you doing today? Uh, doing great. Welcome. Uh... I think you've done one of these live sessions before with Will. Is that right? So maybe your yep. second time on our Instagram live. Yep. A um, little bit of background on TJ. So TJ is one of our coaches for Run Doyen. Um, is formerly coached at um, Alaska Anchorage, currently coaching at Western Washington University. Um, very accomplished coach. Has helped coach over, what, 100 All-Americans at the NCAA D2 level. Um, and now has been with Run Doyen for for how long? I can't keep track of it. I mean, it's a cu- couple years, two and a half years, maybe. Okay, it's been a while now. Um, yeah. So what we're going to talk about today is um, hill training um, as the the topic. So um, as everyone knows, hill training it's an important part um, for a lot of people in training. There's a lot of different types of hill workouts, a lot of questions that we get around when should I do hills, what types of hills, um, things like that. So we're going to cover it from, from A to Z today, talk about hills, how you can approach them in your training, um, and how TJ goes about that when, um, when he's coaching his athletes. So anyone else that's out there, um, even if you're just being self-trained, hopefully you can get some insights and information uh, from this discussion and... Um, learn a little bit more, um, yeah, about how to use hills, um, in your training. So, um, let's just kick things off with kind of, um, pretty basic question, but what TJ, what is the purpose of hill training, um, in general? Couple main things that I like to use hill training for with either my own training or in the, the training of my athletes. Uh, first and foremost is to build really running specific functional strength. It, and everyone knows that, if you're if you're running and you don't have enough strength the hill will kind of expose that that weakness and so it can it, it really does an awesome job to to build that strength um, one thing that's nice about doing hill training compared to just in a weight room and and there is that the the resistance that's being provided and the motion that we're doing is very it's it's the most specific you can get you are building strength via running. And so um, not to say that the weight rooms and uh, doing supplemental activities aren't important, but you get a lot of the same benefits that you would from being in a weight room, but you, you get that specificity. A lot of the, the exercise physiology type research um, really stresses that, that specificity. And so it, it really gives us that, which is, which is super awesome. Um, so that strength is, is, is very, very, very important. And then depending on kind of how you're, how you're approaching the, the running, I also like to use uh, hill, hill, um, hill workouts and, and whatnot speed as well. And so you, you may not be running as fast when you're doing a, a hill stride as you would be as if you were just like ripping a 150 or a stride on, on a track, but, but you're still recruiting your muscles, you're still running fast. Uh, I mean, obviously it depends on how hard you're going up the hill. If you're doing a t- hour, hour long slog up a hill, that's a little bit different, mm-hmm. but you can really build up, uh, that speed. And so strength and speed are, are super important in, in running performance. So mm-hmm. that's the main thing I'd say 
to, to start. Yeah, and that's an interesting take, right? I mean, if if you are a runner and you don't necessarily have a gym or a gym membership or a gym at home to do some more traditional strengthening exercise, um, I mean, hills can maybe your best better. You can get a little bit of a two for one, right? Not only are you getting um, kind of that that strength that you might get from some exercise in the gym, but you're also getting some of that running economy as well. For sure. Yeah, no. And, and then the, the beauty of it is that I, for a lot of runners, I'm my, myself included with it. But then a lot of the people who I've worked with, I mean, we run because we like to run. And if we can, in essence, get multiple things happening at the same time, you build your aerobic fitness and you build your strength. That's a lot more fun for me than than, OK, hey, I mm-hmm. go. Now I have to finish up and now I have to do a bunch of squats and and everything else in that happens. So I've yeah. got five and a half year old who just turned five and a half today. and breaking in Uh, so they'll say hi i apologize for no worries his name's oliver i Uh, think yeah gordon well uh random little tangent while i'm drying his hair uh i'm not gonna let him show uh fully what's going on uh right now but uh i recruited jordan to to western washington um way back in the day western is where jordan um finished up his collegiate eligibility is where he ran. I think all of his attached college running uh, was running for uh, Western and uh, Jordan's family and, and our family. Uh, we, 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 we know each other. We, we both have kids and it's, it's fun getting them there. And so sometimes kids happen. So, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people who are doing extra zoom meetings or virtual meetings these days are getting accustomed to uh, kid or pet interruption. So I think it's just part of the norm uh, of this, oh, yeah. this interesting environment that we're all in. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I was, yeah. I was fortunate that, uh, yeah, he's got out of the bathtub. So he was a little bit naked. So yeah. for have any, uh, <laughs> bad things showing up on the, the run doing Instagram. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so back to the topic of Hills. So we talked a little bit about, um, yeah, great way to get extra strength, especially as, I mean, can be a little bit of a substitute if you don't have access to a weight room or, um, a gym, um, can kind of serve as a substitute there. So, so what types of runners should, um, and ask this question kind of from two angles, when you think of a runner, you could be anywhere from a beginner to a more advanced elite or Olympic level runner. And you could also be more of a shorter runner from a track specialist all the way up to a marathoner, ultra marathoner. So across both of those spectrums, I think the question is like, how much should, one, is, is hill training a focus for runners of any level or distance? Um, if so, how does that differ depending on the distance or level um, that someone might be at or training for? Yeah, so a, lot of, a, few, a few different things that, that Jordan asked there. Um, honestly, I, I really feel that hills are super important for any runner who's healthy enough to, to do them. Um, when, when you're running up or downhills, because unless you're running on a treadmill or if you have a friend that'll pick you up at the top in a car, um, sometimes you have to run back down, um, as well, that, that there's definitely a little bit different of stresses that are put on your body when you're running, uh, hilly versus running flat. So, so long as you're healthy enough to, to handle the hill training, I, I think it's, I, I really think it's the best. I think it's, I think it could be the best bang for the buck type of general exercise. If I could just <laughs> say you're, you're, you're going all the way from like the right. printer, um, up to the, to the ultra marathon or everyone, everyone de- does benefit. You benefit from getting stronger. You benefit as you, you brought up the word, uh, running economy earlier. It, it, it makes you run more efficiently, building up that strength, the, the toe off, um, the, the, the gate, the, the, the quicker turnover that you get when you're chopping your stride up, up a hill, all of that stuff can, can be very, 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 um, beneficial. How much someone should be should do I, I think a lot of it it depends on the type of of their their target event um someone who's running a cross-country race that's going to be hilly i mean you definitely you definitely need to have hills in there i mean not to say if you live in a place that's super flat and you don't have access to a hill you can't find substitutes but but you'd benefit from being able to 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 run hilly if possible um and uh, now my daughter, this is Juliet, my wife, <laughs> lock the door. Lots of guest appearances. Yeah, so I'm, I'm locking the door. I apologize. Yeah. And while TJ's away, so so I can see your, if anybody has any questions, those of you that are viewing, pop them into the question box. We've got a list of questions here that some of our 
uh, email subscribers sent in um, earlier today. So we have, a, we have a list of questions that we're kind of going through um, that other people have sent in. Um, if you have any questions, you can throw them in the comments here and we'll, we'll kind of answer them on the fly. It doesn't have to be related to hill training necessarily. Um, so we can kind of bounce between the topic of hill training and, and anybody uh, that has questions who's watching. So um, feel free to pop them into the, the comment box if anybody has any. Thank you. Thank you for saving me there. Um, but, but what I was getting at, like, it, it really depends a lot on the, the specificity. If your, mm-hmm. your event requires a lot of uh, strength, I, I think that that's, that's a really big deal. Like marathoners, uh, definitely when people are going into the ultras, most, most, most ultras tend to, to be up in the mountains or the hills and you have a lot of vert anyways. But, but that specificity, you, you can't get outside of, of that running mm-hmm. specific um, thing. And so it's, it's a big deal. Like myself, when, when I'm doing my running, I, I like to be in, be running hilly two or three days a week. Um, I'm fine with it if it's more, but I feel like if I'm running flat too often, I, I lose a little bit of, of that, um, strength and, and speed mm-hmm. that I wouldn't get otherwise. And, and you could get it in so many ways. Like you can do your hill strides, you can do the long hilly runs, you can, Bartlick up hills. There's there's a lot of different ways to to do it, and I'm sure we'll we'll touch on them later on. But it's kind of like the whole if you if you've watched Forrest Gump before, when Bubba's talking <laughs> about types of shrimp, uh, hill training is the the same way. There's there there are a lot of different things. And there's mm-hmm. a lot. Of it. Well, let's let's use that as the transition of the different types of workouts now. So, um, what are the different types of hill training workouts there are, and then help us map those to. The, again, those types of different runners, like from a beginner to an advanced and, and a shorter distance to longer distance. What are the different types of workouts that runners can explore and integrating into their training um, and perhaps even expand on when those should be? I hear you even did a little hilly fartlek run this morning or earlier today yeah. as uh, some inspiration to get ready for this conversation. So, um, yeah, let's dive dive into like types of workouts that, that people can consider and, and a way to build that strength um, from hills. Yeah, so what a lot of people think of when they think of hills are just the the classic hill sprints. Um, mm-hmm. They can they can be of different lengths, just like you run circles on the track or interval. Go from really short to to long. You can you can do the same thing when you're doing your your hill intervals. Um, the shorter and and faster you go, um, you're trying to build up your explosiveness, um, your your power, um, and your strength. Um, if you're doing longer hill repeats if you will like the three minute five minute ten minute type of if you have access to a 10 minute hill um, you'd be substituting that into your training similarly where you would like the three minute five minute ten minute uh, intervals Um, there I I think that most people quite honestly even if you're going to be an ultra marathoner and you're going to be running for four or five hours at a time you benefit from that short fast stuff I think the really short um, really hard hill training so long as you're healthy enough to handle it i think it's i think it's really important so if someone's running a 10k um they can benefit from finishing a say they do an hour long run or a 30 minute run or whatever and they're they're not they're not too fatigued that they're gonna have crappy form or whatnot but that they'll be able to keep keep everything together um running like the the six by or four by like 10 second almost maximal hill sprints Mm. to, to get true on muscle recruitment that's something that um, when I first was in, in getting into running, like, I don't know, <laughs> over 20 years ago, uh, I didn't, I didn't see that as much either. My coaches didn't have me do it or the literature that I would read didn't really mention like the maximum hill sprints as much. But then the, I remember reading it. I think it was Ritzenheim, uh, when I was reading some of his training, I don't remember specifically when, um, he did it when he was, when he was running pretty fast, um, I, I noticed that. And then a lot of the elite Kenyan runners after they finished some of their, their sessions, they, they'd finished with like the, the six by 10 seconds, almost maximal, um, with a lot of rest in between and, and just trying to build up power. And, and if, if you, if you kind of watch some people's strides, you don't want to overstride overreach, but if you can, if you can get more powerful and, and your stride just naturally gets longer because you have that strength for it. I mean, that stride length translates to, to running faster. I mean, how fast you're running is a function of your stride stride length and how your stride frequency. And mm-hmm. 
way to get that's the only way to get faster. You either have to improve your frequency or not slow down your frequency when you get tired, or once again increase your stride length a little bit, or not decrease your stride length when you get tired. And and hill mm. hill, hill running can can really do um, a good job um, with that. And then, like I said, there's the intervals that, that are the more classic ones for for the athletes who I who I coach, whether it be the the university kids um, or the people through. Um, run Doyen, I, I kind of rotate through different types of hill workouts. Maybe it would be something like eight by 20 seconds, or sometimes they'll do like 10 by a minute and then follow it by, by four by 15 seconds, um, where they're, they're faster and maximal. And, um, the, the one thing I, I really try to emphasize to people though, um, when they're going into these things is just to kind of ease into it. You don't want to blast the living heck out of the first one. You want to make sure your, your body's warmed up. You're not just going to go out and ride. So, I try to see if people can run them a little bit progressively mm-hmm. just to, to warm up their body and, and not like bite off more than they can chew. You don't want to, you don't want to jump into it, especially if you get excited, Hey, hill strides are going to make me faster. And then you go out there and you see what you can smoke the very first one, maybe, maybe ease your way into it and, and, and kind of mm-hmm. go from there. Yeah. So, and it sounds like, you know, a good recommendation you have is after you've done a longer run or an easy run, you could kind of finish up with, I think it's traditional for a lot of runners, right, to finish with strides, but it sounds like maybe what you're recommending is an alternative option, maybe a day or once a week or something. You could finish with these shorter bursts of hill sprints instead of just doing strides on a flat ground. Yeah. Um, As a good way to kind of get in some hill work is even without having to maybe, you know, dedicate a full workout to it. You can kind of sprinkle it in at the end of at the end of runs as well. Yeah. And, and one, one thing that's sometimes fun to do, cause I know, I know some of us are sometimes time constrained and when you're running interval workouts or whatever, it's like, man, you still want to get in essence mileage in. you want right. to, you want to feel like you're able to, to have the time for it, but you could say, Hey, I'm going to go for 45 minutes or an hour and you just naturally get your 20 minutes or 30 minutes of warm up into it. And then yeah. you, you hammer out whatever <laughs> set is and the recovery <laughs> you get to run back down you're not standing around normally yeah. And, yeah. and it just keeps going and then you, you finish with a good cool down and you can get your positive hour in you get a you get a workout in and then and then sometimes what what's hard about running is just the, sometimes the perceived monotony of doing the same thing over and over and if one one day a week you turn your 30 minute or your 45 minute or your hour run mm-hmm. into a little hill stride session you, you get mm-hmm. improved fitness and you stay fresh mentally. Yeah. And obviously a lot of distance runners, especially the longer ones, right? They're for better or worse, become kind of a, a slave to the, the Garmin or the GPS watch and mileage. Right. And so sometimes maybe doing some of that supplemental work or hill work can people put that off because it might not be as the easiest way to get to your mileage week, you know, yeah. but uh, it sounds like, you know, it's a good way to sprinkle it on possibly at the end. And like you're saying, leave the, leave the watch running, right? You're still running, you're running up and running down and you're still getting mileage obviously along the way as well. Um, as you're running up and down the hill. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to look at it. I hadn't kind of thought about that. Um, again, I'll, I'll, uh, just kind of plug it in. If anyone. Oh shoot. Sorry. I got a call there. I hope I'm still alive. Um, let us know, drop, drop into the, the comments. If anybody has any questions related to hill training, uh, or not, we'll take any live questions if anybody has them. Otherwise we'll continue to kind of go through some of the questions we got submitted before. Um, but I, then I, what I was going to follow up on that is, um, okay. So obviously there's, we talked about a few different types of, of hill workouts, but when, now, when do those fit into a training cycle, I guess, is it, and then how does how do how can that differ? So if someone's training for a goal race, maybe break it down into like the first month, the second month, and the third month. How should hills play into that maybe first month, second month, kind of third and final month leading up to a race? Um in each of those phases, um, or maybe not necessarily month, but at least kind of in phases of what the types of workouts or how much how important should it be? Should hill training and hill workouts be be more important uh, for a certain type of runner, um, you know, in those earlier phases and less important toward the end or vice versa. Um, can you kind of talk about that through the lens of time or a training phases as you get toward a race? Yeah, for sure. I can, I can hit on that for what I've tended to notice is I think people can run 
do hill work or at least various types of hill work most most of the year. Um, whereas if you were doing interval work a lot of the year, you kind of get fried, you get beat up. Um, there's so much variation that you can mm. do uh, with hills, much much like kind of you, you you made that connection with strides as well. Um, you can a lot of runners they, they do strides most of the year. You want to keep your turnover up, you want to keep your power up, you want to keep a good good smooth stride. And, and, and running stride, doing stride work helps with that. And, and the, same, the same is definitely true um, with, with hill work. And, and so I think that you can include various aspects of hill work almost year round. Um, somewhat similarly with like threshold, you can do threshold like when you're not in your, your big, like when, you, when you're starting like your base phase, once you get a little bit of strength to you, you can, you can run threshold with, without really worrying about peaking too early so long as you're staying true to your threshold if you're if you're if you're if you're chasing times and and going too hard with it then all bets are off but the the hill work and the the threshold work are things that people can include uh, most of the year specific to your question about how i phase it i i really look at it in terms of specificity and then also what the the target is in the beginning of nearly any training like phase if you will if you're a ultra runner, or if you're like a 815 person, if you're way far out from your target event, you're trying to build up your aerobic strength. You're trying to build up your, your physical strength and your leg power. And Mm so in, in that aspect, you can, you can use Hills in terms of like, Hey, I'm going to make, I'm going to go for a longer hilly run. Um, doesn't have to be climbing a mountain. Um, you can do rolly Hills. I mean, depends on where you're at. Um, you have different things that are kind of available to you and you can, you can throw in those, those hill strides early on, just like you would with normal strides. Mm-hmm. As you advance closer to your target event, you kind of have to think of, of what your target event is and see how the, the hills provide some type of specificity. If you're going to be running an ultra or running a marathon that, that's hilly or a cross-country course that's hilly, there's definite specificity to it. If you're someone like, trying to rip a, a fast road 5k or a fast track 5k or 10k maybe the hills the hills aren't as specific and mm-hmm. so that phases itself out instead of doing a workout you might be running 200s or 400s or 800s or whatever on the track so some of the the hills might go away but then i would still try to keep it in someone's plan as their uh stride work uh as well mm-hmm. so it kind of depends on the context but but in the beginning, it's it's a little bit more broad to almost everyone's the same. You have the same goals in a month or two or three or whatever away from a target event, assuming, you know what I mean? There's there's some people prep for things for a very long time and they go into specificity earlier. Um, but but as you get closer to the target events, that's kind of differentiates. And, mm-hmm. and people, they don't have access to a track. They don't have access to a good place that that they can sometimes even rip some of those sessions. And so you can, you can do that on a hill. You just have to find a way to say, Hey, what would be my goal? Um, I see someone just, just gave a nice uh, uh, comment in there. I can't quite read it as I'm talking. Um, <laughs> hopefully Jordan can. can I'll get it up. for you. But, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's one where, where you can, you can simulate that, that stuff. Um, right. Yeah. And I mean, so just to kind of recap, I mean, it sounds like hills are not like a fad diet where you're kind of on them and off them. They have a place kind of throughout, throughout all phases of training. And you definitely said one thing that resonates to me. I mean, as when I was training at a more competitive level, um, I never felt like hills would destroy my legs as much as like a harder interval or track workout the next day. Like they'd be really hard while you're doing them, but sometimes they can be a, yeah, a good way to, um, you know, when you're running really fast, there's more pounding and more, uh, kind of rapid turnover, but you can still get that level of effort, right. And kind of burning the lungs and the legs, but without quite as much pounding and can be a little bit, um, yeah, less stress and strain on the body. Oh yeah. Um, So I think that's a good point. And, And, and with that, um, like the exercise physiology side of that is basically that when you're, when you're playing, you gen, like there's ground reaction forces and faster you're, you're running typically, and definitely the angle. That's kind of how the ground reaction forces go. Uh, if you're if you're fast downhill or or fast on on flat, it, it generates typically more forces than get going uphill. And so, being able to to get the leg strength 
and then the cardiovascular improvements, but without having the, the carnage on your legs, it's, it's huge. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about it too much, but in Anchorage, when I was coaching there, we often replaced a lot of the early season, uh, long threshold runs with long uphill runs. I know that that wouldn't have been maybe Jordan's favorite thing. He didn't necessarily love running up a hill continuously for, for <laughs> 40 minutes, but, but <laughs> this was a hill that um, basically the kids would, would be mostly uphill for um, let's I'm trying to think like we had a couple guys who were uh, two guys. Yeah. Two or three guys who were top four at nationals uh, at some time in the other and, and no one ran faster than 42 or 43 minutes up the hill, uh, even when they were borderline racing it. And so it was, it was, it was a good thing. And we, we transitioned it out later on because we wanted the specificity of their leg turnover going faster, but early season, they could run big mileage. They, they'd boost up their aerobic capacity. They'd get stronger and they wouldn't get beat up. Yeah. All right. So first, uh, question here from runner, just add coffee. Um, so this is a great one. How, and we talked about a little bit types of different workouts and such, but how does the grade of the hill factor in is a steeper hill better for shorter intervals? Should I head, um, to the sledding hill <laughs> or the highway overpass. Um, so I think that's a great, yeah, transition toward like the different types of workouts should like those long, like you know, we talked a little bit about at the beginning of this, this conversation of the, the shorter bursts kind of at the end of the run, how you can kind of almost replace them as strides. You just talked about some options of like, if you can find a longer one that you almost do like a threshold tempo up. Yeah. So there's obviously different, many different types of hill workouts, but how does the grade, um, fit in? Is there an ideal grade for each of those different types of workouts? Um, possibly. I would, I'd go back to my, my comment specific to specificity. So it kind of depends on what your goal is for that specific thing. Um, when I try to, to build strength and also help people feel like they're running faster, I, I would want it steep enough to, to definitely feel like, man, this is, it was hard but I don't want it so steep that you feel like you're just like power hiking up it. You don't you right. want it to turn over uh, and still feel like you're running fast. Ideally, um, if, if the hill is so steep that you can't run your normal pace up it. So say, say your tra- normal training pace, I'm just making up, say you train normally train at eight minute pace. Mm. If the hill is so steep that you can't run eight minute pace up that specific hill um, because it's just, too steep, then it's probably too steep of a hill. Mm-hmm. I, ideally, the the purpose of like a lot of these shorter hill stride workouts are such that you're still able to run at least normal pa- normal run pace, ideally faster than normal pace. Maybe not as obviously fast as you would on flat because the hill is providing a resistance, but getting something there. Um, the caveat to that is that if you are going to be doing some um, racing, oftentimes that's what the target event is. Um, for something that has some of those steep hills, then you need to go steeper. Um, mm-hmm. in a lot of stupid, crazy stuff that I was too scared to, to ever do. But a lot of, a lot of people were really big into, to mountain running and they would do either ultra style or even just shorter races that were steep. One of them, it was a 5k total, but you gained 3000 feet in the mile, basically a mile straight up. You're hiking at 40%. Mm-hmm. If you're doing something like that, you need to burn your legs by hiking yeah. at 40%. Great. You're not, yeah. you're never running but but that specificity to it i think yeah the the person was getting at though would maybe be those um hey you're going to do an hour run and include eight by 20 seconds or eight by 40 seconds something like that i would say you still want to be able to feel like you can run faster than a normal run pace you don't want it to be flat you don't want it to be like hey i can't quite tell if i'm going up or downhill we all know some of those pretty weak hills like that but without seeing a hill it's hard it's hard to say about the freeway overpass or the sledding hill uh mm-hmm. they both long as you can uh yeah like well, that's a good benchmark so if you're let's say your easy your easy run pace is uh let's say 8 30 per yeah. mile right so ideally then you want to find a hill that somewhere is close to that pace when I you're would, running when you're running hard though right yeah. so it becomes harder but you're still another thing that i was thinking of like you don't want to be power hiking i, I think to uh the definition of running, right, is both feet are off the ground compared to like walking yeah. where you have to keep both feet on the ground. So I think maybe that's another good, uh, another good measure is, you know, if this hill is so steep that both your feet are never off the ground, like then 
you know, then maybe it's too steep. You need to go down a little bit to the point because at that point you're technically walking, right? Yeah. Um, so trying to find that balance of somewhere in the middle, you don't not necessarily completely flat where there isn't enough resistance that it isn't really giving you enough of that strength. Um, but also, um, yeah, not too steep where you're, <laughs> you're hiking, not running. Right. Cause at the end of the day, we're, we're training to run, not to necessarily to walk yeah. or hike. And, and there, there is, there obviously is, is some time when you'll, you'll hit those sections of, of trails or hills that, that are just really steep and, and those mm-hmm. builds and whatnot, they, they, and, and really like your lungs can be on fire, um, when you're going up, um, but for, for the sake of, of helping improve turnover, um, maybe, maybe not for those days. And so you just kind of pick your days wisely. Mm-hmm. You can do it a little bit, but depend, in, especially if you're doing long, long stuff, those ultra, those ultra people, you need to spend time in the mountains. You, there's no substitute for it. You can, you can be a, a 30 flat 10 K guy running a hundred miles a week. And then you just hit some of those things that are just so, so steep and the person's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they get their butt kicked by the, the 40 minute 10 K or, uh, who, who has the specificity there. So, mm-hmm. so what about, um, again, I, I, if those of you watching, drop any questions that you have, we're taking questions live. If anybody has them related to tra- hill training or, or otherwise, um, otherwise we'll continue to go off this list of, um, ones that we have, we have other, uh, people submitted in already, but the next, the next topic we had was, was around form. So can you give like, and ideally maybe like three key things. And I think this comes from both training when you're doing a workout on Hills and, or, um, or intervals or racing, right? If you're, if you're in the middle of a race and you have a Hill, um, are there a few key tips of things to think about in terms of form? Um, or maybe even adding to that on top of that is breathing. Um, you know, what can people think about and how can they, um, approach Hills? So, I kind of look at the, the question you have there in, in two different parts, or well, more, I guess a little bit more in two different parts, but one kind of differentiating in training and, and racing. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when racing comes into play, I think it's, it's really important that you don't overextend on the hill. Um, mm-hmm. You see a lot of people who try to keep the pace and the, the effort level to, to keep the pace is so high that they maybe put two or three seconds on their, their competitors going up however long the hill is and then they get to the top and maybe they're running seven minute pace at the bottom of the hill. Mm-hmm. They hold seven minute pace up the hill and then at the top of the hill, they're running seven thirty. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're talking about like during a race, right? In a race. Yeah. yeah. In a race. And so you don't want to overextend. You, you want to ideally in a race, same relative perceived effort. I know mm-hmm. it's hard, not a technical term. I know that there are some devices out there. I haven't actually used them that try to measure power instantaneously. So, um, trying to give people a little bit of like more feedback as to, to, to that specific mm-hmm. question. Um, when, yeah. when you're, you're running Hills and, and talking about technique, I always think it's important that people aren't like hunched over too far forward. Um, sometimes you'll see people who are almost like touching their head, uh, to the ground or like you're, <laughs> you're almost like lean your hands forward and like touch the ground with it. Um, it's, it, you don't want to be leaning, that far but you do you do want to have a little bit of a lean um it's it's important if if you kind of think of your center of gravity if you're leaning back your center of gravity is behind you and in essence like you're falling back um if you if you have a little bit of that good forward lean um and appropriate i know it's like hard to 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 say in that little bit but um if you have a little bit of a forward lean Mm -hmm. your graph there it makes it easier and of course like as the steeper the hill gets the more you're probably going to lean right to kind of change your sense of gravity. Right. I mean, um, so maybe, you know, as you think about it, of course, on a flat ground, you have your normal, just barely kind of forward, mostly upright, barely forward lean. And then as that hill gets steeper, um, obviously increasing the lean a little bit at leaning into the hill, but, but never so much that, yeah, of course your, (laughs) your head runs into the ground or something or that your, your hands are crawling up. Um, yeah, you mentioned another, another interesting thing. You know, I, I remember in back in high school, you'd hear, we'd approach Hills, you know, in your big pack and you have coaches yelling, you know, attack the Hill, power up the Hill. Um, yeah, I always kind of approached it a little bit differently and I never felt, I, again, I, is, I obviously worked on Hills. We did Hill workouts in, in college and things like that. It was never necessarily my strength. I was a little bit more of a, of a downhill runner, but I was okay giving up time on the Hills, right? Um, I just, I, and I knew I could get it back on the downhill and I'd always, 
another approach when thinking about a race is trying to know the course too. I think how you approach a hill could be different knowing what's on the other side of the hill, right? Do you have a flat or do you have a downhill? I think if you know you have a long downhill at the other end of the hill, I could put in a little bit more effort getting to the top of the hill because you knew you had a little bit of recovery um, kind of going down or at least changing, you know, changing gears and changing muscles at least. Um, yeah. So that was always a thought. I think it's, it's, again, it's not that you're letting up on the downhill. I've always found that it's just, it becomes naturally a little bit easier because you're kind of, you're changing muscles, right? You're using uh, very specified muscles kind of going up the hill and then it kind of switches going over. So I think that can play a lot into your race strategy too, is, is knowing the course and knowing, knowing what's on the other side of the hill, especially if it's, it's just kind of flat. Um, I think of a race like Bloomsday, um, if anybody's ever run that, a huge 800-meter steep hill. And then after that, there's no downhill. It's, it's like gradually up and flat. And so, um, you know, I've seen a lot of people really attack that hill um, strong, but, but not come out so strong the last two miles um, <laughs> after the end of it. So, Yeah, no, and, and, and with, with me, like having, having a, like a long history coaching, cross country uh in cross country you have such a, a variety of, of differences between the courses um you'll you'll see some coaches that feel like they have to see the course before every mm-hmm. single race just to to really like feel like their team's prepared and and mm-hmm. sometimes i'll when i'm trying to plan like a, a, a season schedule or whatnot uh seeing hey should, do we need to go see that course I'll, I'll often put a call in to to some of the the people who i know who've been there and and just really ask to see how hilly something is because those hills really do impact strategy a whole heck of mm-hmm. a lot times when you're mm-hmm. running kind of when you want to know how long you have to relax for how hard you have to press for when or when when do you crest a hill um mm-hmm. one thing kind of alluded to is that you were a good downhill runner and and you kind of maybe gave up a couple seconds uphill because the strategy is like hey you're gonna you're gonna have good momentum afterwards and if you can if you can make up some of that time on the downhill and then realistically your pace fast from having run down the hill well um you're going to be able to continue all on the flat compared yeah. to the person a few seconds ahead of you and then they're going slower on the downhill uh because they're recover because they overextended and then they're going slower when they hit the the flat and then mm-hmm. they're still slow so it's a it's a it's a fun thing hills hills make running a little bit more fun it's track is track is i love track uh, but the the element of hills that you get in road racing and in in cross country it's 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 a pretty mm. fun thing yeah um, let's see again, if any other questions, drop them into the comments. Um, I saw, I saw one question that, that went in there asking about hill distance or mm. hill, uh, duration. Um, for me, I, I never, when, when I prescribe to, to my clients, it's, it's typically pretty hard for me to know like their area as well. I do a lot of prescription based on time, but then, I'll, I'll try to tell them, say, Hey, it's like, you're going like eight by 30 seconds. Some people it's just easy. It's like, Hey, they just go eight by 30 seconds and they see how far up they go each time. And that's how they can measure if they ran harder or sh- slower up the hill mm-hmm. on the, the distance that they traveled in that time. Sometimes I'll say, Hey, go estimate a hill for 40 seconds. Maybe I picked 40 seconds because 40 seconds matches up with what they would run for a certain distance on the track or, Hey, go run a minute up the hill because this is how long they run a minute on a tracker flat. You know what I mean mm-hmm. with it. And so we're getting that perceived effort, yeah. and then figure out where that minute approximately is. Maybe you start here, and then you get to that light pole. <laughs> yeah. And then the first time you know, hey, you found that's the right length of a hill, and then you just run light pole hill or whatever. Um, and maybe sometimes it's a minute three, sometimes it's fifty seconds or whatever, and you can go there. I'm I'm cool with 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 either way. Um, yeah. Whether it's a minute or a minute and three. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did a similar approach, right. When I would have my coach prescribe, you know, minute hill repeats, I'd go up a minute, find like some sort of landmark, right. That was close. Yeah. Um, and then have that be kind of my destination. And then, you know, sometimes I'd be 58 seconds or sometimes one Oh three. Um, I realized almost always, I would almost always, always run the first hill interval too hard. And like, I would have such a hard time matching it after that. And that was different than being on the track. I don't know if anybody else experiences that, but like I always was pretty good at track workouts or in any type of interval workout where I would be able to finish faster. Um, 
So I guess my, my one tip of advice, if anybody else experiences that, like take that first one. And you already said this earlier, take that first one, you know, a little bit easier. You don't want to blast it out of the gates. Um, but I always felt like the, the accumulation of actually hill workouts could sometimes get to me aerobically. Um, by the time I get down to the job, the bottom and ready to go again, and I can hit that second, third one, I'm like, holy cow, I start finishing at, you know, like 102, 103, 104 at that same spot that I hit one minute. Yeah. Um, so I think, it, I think that, yeah, it was, it was good advice kind of, of ease into it. Um, ideally you want to begin a little bit faster or further, um, as the repetitions progress. Yeah. I know, I know that a lot of people, um, especially people who didn't run like high school cross country or collegiate cross country or whatnot, or track and field, uh, I guess it's more cause I'm going to give track times. They don't necessarily know how fast they can always run in those shorter, um, events. But sometimes mm-hmm. I I'll give say, like 12 by 40 seconds. I'll say, Hey, let's try to break it up into thirds. So maybe the first four you're running at approximately three K race effort. And then the next four you're running at mile pace effort. And then the last four, you're running a little bit faster than mile pace effort. I probably wouldn't have them bust out for, maybe they could, I guess they could, they could bust out for at 800 meter pace effort, but you know what I mean? Give, give, give it waves so that people kind of ease their way um, mm-hmm. into it. And, and, and a hard thing for, for me as a coach compared to me as a runner is like, I always can normally tell how my body actually feels. And so like, I typically rarely won't overextend. I know what I'm, I'm getting at. And so when, when you're working, um, when I, when I try to work with people, it's all about making sure they're appropriately warmed up and they're ready to, to really go. You, the, the big worry is kind of like what you were getting at right there is that you just rip the heck out of the first one, maybe aerobically for you, that was the bigger issue, but maybe if someone hasn't done too many hill strides, it's not the aerobic side that they overly tax in the first one. Maybe it was muscularly and mm-hmm. you don't want to end up with like a, a sore hamstring or, or whatnot, just cause you, you just, <laughs> we're, we're being crazy racing up a hill too hard. Mm-hmm. So. so what about, so we have a lot of, a lot of our clients, you know, are either training for the boss, trying to qualify for the Boston marathon or running the Boston marathon, which is a pretty, obviously one of the more prestigious races or courses, um, around the world really. Um, and, and a bit of a hillier course, um, Unfortunately, it seems like the the status of Boston 2021 is a little bit up in the air right now. As I last I've heard, they've kind of paused registration, um, unless they've had any re- recent updates otherwise. But more specifically with the marathon, and then like kind of just putting that sharp focus on say say Boston, that's kind of known to be a hilly course. Anything that someone can do as a marathoner to to prepare for a course like that specifically. So when, when I've worked with people who are, are running Boston, um, and, and I haven't, Boston, unfortunately, always, like, fell, like, during an important, like, weekend for me coaching cross-country, or sorry, coaching track and field that always happened right after the Mount Sac relays, and it was always hard for me to go to a meet and then immediately fly across the country and try to race myself, so I actually mm-hmm. haven't um, Boston yet, but, but trying to incorporate hills in the long run is, is a big deal. Uh, a lot of people struggle just because they're just not physically strong enough. And when you run downhill, uh, the the strength of the muscle contractions is a little bit higher. Doing some eccentric muscle contractions, it can it, they can be really strong, and and it just kind of beats you up. And so you hear about Boston, hey, my quads got beat up, my quads got beat up. And so the the way to do it is you have to kind of get stronger quads. Mm. And and obviously when you when you go race Boston, you have to have a little bit of maturity and not just go like wild and go crazy when you're when you're running the downhills i know normally we say hey let's let's make up time on the downhills but but you need to save your your legs as well you're not you're not finishing at the finish line at the bottom of the last uphill or the the downhill sorry um so it's important to to really um make sure that you're handling up handling that there i like to i like to alternate uh an approach where maybe every other if if they're going to be running a hilly course that that necessitates it either having, and it, and it depends on someone's training as well. Some people have some pretty beefy medium long runs in the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. If someone has a medium, like a legitimate medium long run and a long run during the week, we can maybe have a, a training cycle where, or a, a, like a little rotation where one week the medium long run is the, the hilly effort. And then the long run is more like flat or faster or, or whatnot. 
and then you just flip it that other week. Um, if they don't, if, if it's someone who's maybe a little bit lo- more lower mileage, uh, or at the very least, they don't have time for, for that long, medium, long run in the middle of the week, um, having it at least be where every other long run or every third long run uh, tends to be hilly. And you don't have to hammer, but, but you just rotate different things through. I think a lot of people do the same thing uh, week in, week out. They have their specific long run route, and it might not have it, and, and you can't you can't be prepared for something unless you something with that specificity. Mm-hmm. You can you can fake it a little bit, but specificity. I, I, I keep going back to that word, but specificity. If you're going to be running a course that has it, let's make sure we we include a, a decent amount of that into the training cycle. Mm-hmm. So what if? Um, got a comment here. Oh, I need you to train me, TJ. <laughs> that that's a great. Uh, transition so anyone watching if anybody wants to be coached by tj uh you can go to rundoing.com and, and tj is available um to be your coach we have different three different levels of services and training plans that you can choose from uh, we also have a coach matching feature um, if you're not sure tj is the right one we can we can help match you to a coach but of course tj tj would be incredible for you as well um so uh, one one other thing I was going to ask was uh, well, oh yeah before I wanted to make sure we got to was that somebody asked if you don't have any hills I mean I think you, you think of the Midwest we talked about the importance of hills um, kind of it not being like a fad diet how it should be kind of sprinkled through a lot of different phases of training um, are there certain drills um, you know obviously you know being in the weight room or some some strengthening exercises which which would probably be a whole other um, conversation. Um, to go into all those someone could do, but maybe are there any drills or any other substitutes um, that someone could do to focus on that uh, building some of that strength that, that you might get from hill training without it? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, I think that you can hit most of the different things that you get with hill training with, with different uh, modalities. So like you said, going in a weight room, you can, you can get a lot of that specific strength. You can, or maybe, the required strengths, but it's not as specific as running Hills, but you can, you can, you can do that. Um, and so we we talk forever about strength training, but, but, but that, that's, that is a way if someone doesn't have it, um, when you're looking to simulate the, the running economy improvements that you get from running Hills, getting those consistent strides or two hundreds or, or whatnot in there, um, especially while focusing on being maybe like powerful, um, instead of just saying, Hey, how fast you can run it. Just making sure you are feeling like you're strong and, and running with a good weight and, and keeping in control. Um, drills are, are pretty important too. You can, you can, uh, plyometrics, uh, bounding specific drills mm-hmm. and they do an amazing job of, of building strength. Uh, I tend to, to be more re- resistant to, to prescribe, plyos compared to hill running for most people just because it's easier to screw up and get yourself hurt when doing plyos wrong sure. um, like you, you're doing some bounding thing and you don't have the strength and like your knee kind of collapses on you that isn't cool very rarely is someone gonna gonna really struggle running a, a hard hill stride and mm-hmm. get something similar but but yeah. but focus on on what specific aspect you're working for from the hills are you trying to build the strength are you f- trying to build the turnover are you trying to build injury prevention and, and just find some of those specific mm-hmm. uh, to, to supplement. Yeah. I just Googled here, like, yeah, bounding. And, and I definitely, you know, I think if anybody's watching and wondering what bounding is, there's looks like there's a lot of different YouTube videos on bounding exercise, but in summary, they're much more exp- kind of like what you would get with the hill. It's very quick and explosive, right? It's working on some of those fast twitch mus- muscles uh, that you normally get in a hill. But, but again, just to kind of recap, I think TJ brought up a good point. You have to be careful with those um as they may be a little bit more risky for injury so maybe you you practice them you practice the form and doing them properly and then kind of gradually get into that more explosive before you you know you just watch a a video on youtube and think you're just going to do it all out 100 percent. you know the first time uh maybe a little bit of a recipe for uh (laughs) for injury huh yeah, and, and one thing that I, I forgot to, to say there is that sometimes you can, it, and it's not exactly as specific as, as running hills, but you can actually run stairs. And that's like the, the old school thing that you see mm. like like Rocky doing. And, and yeah. go go find your, your high school or your college stadium that has enough stairs. Yeah. 
rip, go, go up, um, don't trip. But, but you can, you can, you can get a little bit of that strength there. It's, it's not as fun. Uh, at least I don't like it as much as, as doing uh, specific hill running. Um, but, but it is definitely an option for people. As mm-hmm. stay- yeah. Yeah. Find a stadium. And then one, one question in case someone asked about it or not, um, you can, you can really do hill running as well, pretty well on a treadmill. Mm. Uh, do. And so I know not everyone has access to a treadmill, but you can simulate um, that there when I was, when I was working up in Alaska, there was hills all the time, but sometimes it was just too cold and too right. slick. You like you could get your hill, your hill running in, uh, in January or February, sometimes even October and, and April, but, mm-hmm. but you can put a treadmill at something like 4%, but probably more like the six to 8% range. And, and just, you have to ease and find the right speed for it. you don't want to get thrown off the back. That's kind of, <laughs> uh, yeah off a treadmill uh but just jump on crazy person and and then hopefully either hold on to the side or if, if you're someone who runs on a treadmill you know probably know how to jump on and off but um that's a a way to to get it as well if you have access to a treadmill yeah i have that fear every time i run on a tra- i haven't fallen yet but i'm just yeah <laughs> i do have a little bit of fear of um i guess when you're running uphill you're probably running not quite as as fast um or at least if you were to be doing that same effort on, on the flat. But uh, I guess you also, you have gravity kind of working against you, right? And kind of pushing, yeah. you, <laughs> pushing you backwards. Craziness, even, especially for like even track sprinters. So sometimes say, Hey, like they don't have access to a track or where they're at, like it's too cold and it's, it's really bad. Um, so mm-hmm. in Anchorage, the, I know I keep going back to Anchorage, but that's a place that sometimes you didn't have as many access to tracks or whatever at certain times of the year. So right. you had to be treadmill. The treadmill is, is pretty much limited to a certain miles per hour. Uh, if you have a really good treadmill, it can go up maybe to like 16 or 18 miles an hour. Most of them go up to, to 10 or 12. Um, but uh, um, I don't know if I just cut out or not, but it looked like maybe I did. We're good. I, but, um, but yeah, you can just, you can, you can simulate it there. So I saw college sprinters who were, who were all Americans in the, the, um, four by four who would put it at 16 miles an hour and crank the incline to like, I, I don't even know what the inclines were. I wasn't working with them specifically, but they were hauling, you know what? And just like, it was just so loud. And it's like, man, these guys are busting it going up a, there. And, and they, they ended up being all American in, even it was in the in, indoor season. Their, their, their track, the, the bubble up in Anchorage popped and they were able to, to still be all Americans indoor um, doing most of their training on, tra- on treadmills with, with incline. Mm-hmm. So we got another question here. Um, and just time reference. I think we have six minutes and then Instagram is going to kick us off, uh, cause we'll hit an hour. Um, so we'll have to be somewhat concise here, but downhill running, the great questions we've talked pretty much everything about uphill running. Uh, but what about downhill running? Um, it seems like some, there are some Boston training plans out there that prescribe, doing downhill, um, intervals, um, good idea, bad idea. Um, I think, I think it can be a good idea if you do it carefully. It's similar to my question or my comment about the plyos. Yeah. I, you're playing a little bit with fire, yep. uh, downhill running. Uh, the, the thought behind the downhill running is that you're beating up your quads and that then after you beat them up, your, your body will hopefully adapt and get stronger with it. And so if you have them in there, uh, appropriately, they can provide the, the required or the desired, uh, benefit. But sometimes if you, uh, overdo it, uh, you just get beat up and then you're out two or three weeks and then, then you go. Um, one other thing that sometimes downhill running is also used for is in essence over speed running. So I've seen it where people are trying to run a fast mile, not, and they're not wanting to run the fast mile downhill and just say, Hey, I can run really fast down a hill, but say, say your mile time is six minutes. And so that's 90 seconds per 400. Uh, and it's kind of a struggle to, to do that on the track and they want to get their legs used to turning over a little bit more quickly. I've seen it where they'll run 400 meter intervals at a, at a very gradual downhill, uh, such that maybe they're doing the same effort that they would run when they're running their, their mm-hmm. 90 400s, but because they're going downhill, they'll run like 85 yeah. or 80. They just, your, your legs yeah. turn over. Yeah. No, and I, 
I agree. Awesome. I agree exactly with what you said. I mean, I've done, I think you have to be really careful with the downhill running and, um, it just adds, it's so much more for, I mean, just the physics of it, right. You're having more force. I think when you're running uphill, you're actually getting a lot of hard work for not a lot of pounding on your legs, right. There just isn't as much force coming down. I think when you're going downhill, that's reverse. You're getting more force. I found that downhill running, you just have to run. I think there can be some, that kind of that running economy for, for, for faster people, but, um, yeah, do it sparingly because I think you can. It can be a little bit of an injury risk. And I've done some relay races like Hood to Coast and Ski to Sea that have long downhill legs. And I tell you what, I've never, out of all the types of races and running I've done in my life, never have I felt the same way the day after those like long downhill legs. My quads just feel like they were just put through a meat grinder. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I agree with that. I mean, use it sparingly. Use it strategically in your training definitely don't overdo it um, or definitely don't do it when you think that you are at a higher um, point of risk for injury, possibly at a cycle in your training or if there's anything aching and, and bugging you, but yeah. Okay. One last question. Uh, give it your 60 second answer and then we'll close off in the last minute or two. Um, the first half of the Phoenix marathon is all downhill and I did three to four. It looks like maybe it's more of a comment three, four, once a week on my, I did three, four, three for four, five mile, one said negative three. Oh, a negative three for four to like, five mile once. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Once a week on my easy runs during the cycle. And it really prepared me. Uh, but I always kept it easy to get used to it. Um, sure. yeah. yeah. Thanks Tim. But it's, it's there. Like you, 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 you got to run downhill to, to build up the strength with it. You can't, yeah. can't avoid it. But I, I'm always apprehensive about having it just be, Hey, that's your specific workout. That's the specific intensity. Um, you need, you need to tease, um, you need to tease it into the, to the plan and, and it, and it can be a pretty good, uh, thing with it, but you just have to be careful. Um, mm-hmm. when you're running downhill, you, you get a lot of issues with knees and IT bands and, and hips and glutes. It just, they can't absorb all the forces and they just get beat up. And then you're, you're hurt afterwards uphill. Sometimes you have like calves and Achilles. But yeah, one of those things with it, I, when I bought my treadmill, I made sure I had both downhill ability. I can go 6% downhill, which is crazy. I, I don't need to go 6% downhill. I'll tell you that on my treadmill. Yeah. Uh, I, I smash into it like every single step and it can go 15% up. And it's, it's a nice thing to be able to, to use in case if, if my Achilles is a little bit sore, my calves are sore, I can, I can run at a one, one to 2% decline yeah. and all of a sudden that pain's gone. Uh, or if my T band's hurting a little bit, which fortunately I don't have too much IT band problems, I can put it at four or five, six percent, and just normally that pain goes away. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks, TJ. I think um, we even see some comments here that it's you know been a awesome discussion. Um, so I think hopefully hopefully helpful for those watching. Um, again, if anybody watching this wants to be coached by TJ, um, run doing is, um, online coach, online training. Um, we have a few different pricing options. You can hire any one of the coaches. We have a, a really strong roster. Um, you can find TJ at rundoing.com. You can just go to his profile page and message him, even schedule a free consultation. If you just want to get in, in touch with him and see what, what training would like, would be like if you want to hire TJ as your personal coach. Um, but yeah, we look forward to continue keeping these live sessions going, especially during these challenging times where, you know, a lot of us are, are alone or alone more often and kind of quarantined away from uh, larger social gatherings. So hopefully this can provide an outlet for some of the runners out there to keep connected, continue learning, um, and uh, get some helpful training advice. Um, we'll also just plug one last time that our podcast just launched today with the first episode is with coach Lindsay Flanagan on the topic of marathon recovery and what to do, um, how to, how to recover after a marathon and get back to running once you've just run one. So, uh, the link will be in our bio for at least, uh, the next few days, um, directly, or you can look up next level running, um, within your favorite podcast, um, directory, uh, and find our podcast there. So we'll look forward to continue bringing great episodes there. And uh, once again, thanks, TJ. Um, It's been a pleasure. And thanks all for who have tuned in. uh, And we'll see you all next time. Take care. Thank you. Thanks. All right. I hope you all enjoyed this special edition of the Next Level Running Podcast and our reproduction of our Instagram Live between our founder, Jordan Welling, and to one of our coaches, TJ Garlitz, on Hill Training. 
We'll try to put these out fairly regularly, and remember to come back on the 26th for our regular training podcast. With that, we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us here on the Next Level Running Podcast, your source for training advice from the expert coaches at Run Doyen. If you're ready to take your training and racing to the next level, head over to rundoyen.com and get matched to your ideal coach who will provide you with the highly customized online training you need to start crushing your goals on race day.